This is The Game Show with Max Sussman, brought to you by The Gaming Stadium, Canada's leader in esports. Welcome to The Game Show, presented by The Gaming Stadium on Sportsnet 650. I'm your host, Max Sussman. And today's guest has been on the show, I think, like three or four times, but he's not been here in well over a year because a number of factors, including ESPN not loving to share their talent with their competitors and COVID kind of upsetting the show's flow for a little while. But now he's with Sportsnet, so he's back. And we're going to talk Rocket League, his new show, and more with Adam Thornton, a.k.a. Lawler, on the game show on Sportsnet 650. He is a Rocket League caster, a purveyor of insider information, a YouTuber, a Twitch streamer, and he's now, I guess, technically my newest co-worker as he is the host of Ranking Up on Sportsnet. He is Adam Lawler Thornton. Lawler, thanks for joining me here again on the game show. Yo, what up, brother? How you been? It's been a while. It's been, I looked it up, it's been January 2020. You were one of my last shows before COVID hit, and I went off the air for like five months. So um, it's my fault. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I blame the uh, I blame the Vancouver Titans. They were the final the, the show that we the final show I did in studio was about the Titans roster falling apart, um, and it was a little bit of a cursed show because it took forever to come together. And then it was my final show for like five months. <laughs> I don't blame yeah, you. That was our wild, man. Yeah, that was our uh, that was our three man our three man weave with uh, me, you, and Leafex. So it's been I, I think that was the off season between season nine and season X slash season ten. It's been that long. Um, so I'm going to do this like you're kind of a new guest and I'm going to start the show like I, I do with everybody during everybody during the COVID era. And I'm going to ask this question instead of the, 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 the gamertag question. We've had a lot of time on our hands this last like year and a half. What, what games are you personally playing for fun these days? Uh, as I'm sure you're aware, because you literally just got done watching me play. Uh, I do Mon- uh, Among Us a lot, which I think has been like this perfect culmination. Obviously, it kind of exploded with like the disguised toast and their like, crew and like Hafu and um but it was like it, it hit at the perfect time you know because like everybody's like stuck inside with nothing to do we can't really go and see people so they playing a lot of among us which has basically kept me sane even though it's like lying and deceit and like that's the whole point of the game it's more of like being able to sit and communicate and talk with friends and like a big lobby of friends too like trying to organize nine other people uh every single week multiple times a week is not easy so the fact that we're able to do that is has been fantastic uh, I've been casting a lot of Apex Legends lately as well, so I've been grinding a lot of that. Arenas came out, so that's been a ton of fun. And then uh, pretty much anything one-off on like Steam. Um, I need to get back into uh, Horizon now that the second one's coming for that. Um, Ooh, I might even do a play for you? Light. Yeah, I might. It's just so good on PC, man. It's such a good title. And for only like 40 bucks, why not? Yeah, for sure. I haven't played it on PC. I played it on PlayStation. I bet you it would be gorgeous on my computer. Um, it's a very pretty look, game. Yeah, it's like even on PS4, on like an OG first, 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 first edition PS4 that barely works. It still looks beautiful on my, on my TV. Let's talk about the show ranking up. I know you did this kind of in your announcement video uh, in uh, I don't know, a week ago or so, or your more detailed announcement video, I guess. Um, but give me the elevator pitch. Give the people the elevator pitch for the show. Yeah, we uh, we want a place to push forward esports, and that's always very difficult to do because 
video game shows or esports shows don't really do well on analog. They just never mm-hmm. really have because that's not where the demographic is. So I, do you want the actual full background, like how it actually came to be? It's actually kind of ridiculous. Yeah, sure. I mean, that was going to be my next question. So yeah, give me the full spiel. Yeah. So we, uh, Sportsnet actually put out like a top 20 goals of 2020. And I saw that I was like, oh, cool. You know, like analog starting to get into and some channels are starting to cover Rocket League. Let's, let's react to it. You know, typical YouTuber stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, did a reaction of the top 20 and was like, okay, I'll provide context to these plays. Cause it was literally just like number 20 play number 19 play. So I provided context to what the moments were, why they were good, some things they might've missed out on and basically contextualized why the plays were there and some that they maybe missed out on. And after putting out that video, Sportsnet's YouTube channel actually replied to me and was like, yo, like glad you covered this, appreciate it, you know, et cetera. And I was like, yeah, no problem. If you guys need additional help, hit me up. And eventually that led to a conversation of, yeah, like, you know, we're interested in getting involved more with Rocket League and this and that. What kind of things do you have in mind? What kind of things do you think we could do? So I met down with Sam, head of content and stuff like that. And we had a conversation. Eventually it came up to be like, let's actually do a show. Let's, let's run with this. And I think that's the most exciting thing is for Sportsnet being forward thinking. There's been, I've gone through many places that just old mentality, old money to where esports is still something that they just kind of shrug off even though it's projected to make, you know, $1.3 billion this year and is like one of the most consumed forms of media content and a bunch of other reasons as to why you should take it seriously. And the crew immediately was like, yeah, we're super pumped about this. We're excited. We're not trying to adhere to this and that. And I think that's where it goes back to your original question is what we're going to be doing and why the show's so exciting is because the mentality isn't to bring the analog and traditional sport generation to esports. That's not our focus. We're not trying to accommodate that we're trying to just do a very well-made esports show that is not only a lot of freedom with it but also trying to live on the digital platform and that's where it starts is each segment that we make is made with the intent to live on digital even though it also works on television so all the segments will be put on youtube you have the ability to consume it not just on tv but literally anywhere in the world which i know hinders a lot of people that don't have TV subscriptions because most people in esports just have streaming services. Like, what's the point? So that's the big thing. And then the other thing is a lot of community feedback and just interacting with people who want to be involved with esports. You know, and hopefully, you know, post pandemic when we get in studio, as long as you know, knock on wood, stuff goes well, we'll be able to do fun segments and and fun one off things that you know, inviting professional athletes and getting their opinion and really trying to legitimize, even though we don't need it, the ability to take someone who is a very big public facing figure in the traditional sport and add legitimacy by being like, yes, this is an NHL pro that you respect. He also loves video games and gives it the same respect that we do. So why doesn't everybody else and trying to get over that hurdle in uh, unique and fun, silly ways. So uh, we just shot our first episode this past week and it's been, it's been an absolute blast, dude. It's so much fun. How, um, so you're, I assume you're shooting from home right now. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, that's just how it's got to be for the moment. It's, this is something that, I mean, you talked about it with the, you know, the audience for esports and the audience for, you know, analog television and radio are generally, the pie charts don't really touch each other too, too, too much. Um, It's people like, people like me in their early mid thirties who are also gamers, right? Um, (laughs) 
which is a free, you know, it's a very small slice, a, a demographic slice. And this is something I've bumped up against as well. Like this show doesn't do nearly as well on the terrestrial radio as it does once it goes up online and starts getting posted on Reddit and stuff like that. How, well, I mean, obviously you're designing it to be, to, to be segmented and shared around online in what sounds like kind of like what, what, you know, like the shows like Fallon do that have done, have done a really good job on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how much are you going to put into trying to bring that audience to Sportsnet on, on cable? So the nice thing is, is it was a conversation that we had because I don't want to just come into Sportsnet and be a show that's on the network that they pay money for to watch hockey and IndyCar racing or, you know, what have you. My job isn't to come in and be like, hey, like, I know you guys are here for that, but like middle finger, let's do our own thing. Um, <laughs> the first episode does focus heavily on why and the hows of like I know this is foreign. I know esports aren't sports. I understand, you know, I I come from Green Bay, Wisconsin. We have a rivalry between the Packers and the Bears that is literally a century year old. I understand what it's like to have that passion towards a traditional sport. I get that. And I'm not trying to take that away from you, but I'm trying to have you understand why it doesn't need to be ostracized, why it needs to be like the amount of people that tweet that are just like, this isn't, this isn't sports. This is video. Get this stuff off my TV. And it's like, just have an open mind, man. Like that's what this first episode really tackles is have an open Mm -hmm. mind. Let me educate you on some of the things. Let me explain why rocket league is actually really similar to hockey and hopefully draw that initial attention. But that will not be the focus for the entire show. You know, it's, it's a pilot for a reason. Uh, but we're going in with the mentality of like, hey, I know that's not why you're here. Here's a brief explanation. Hopefully that grabs your attention. Mm-hmm. And then the people with the open mind are willing to stick around because I know you and I are well aware that people who have that closed off opinion, no matter what I say or do, they're going to keep that opinion. You know, So why are we fighting it over and over again when at the end of the day, I don't really need them. We don't really mm-hmm. need them to care. So it um, doesn't mean we can't make an attempt, but after we make that attempt, like let's stop wasting our time on it. Let's actually get to the the brass tacks and let's have some fun with the show. That's a, I mean, I think the rocket league is like hockey thing is a very astute observation in a way. And I've been, I've been using that kind of argument to sell this game to Canadians for six years. Hey, join me in this <laughs> game. It's like hockey. You cycle in the corner, you can dump and chase. Like, so it's got all the same stuff except you're driving an RC car or maybe a regular car. We're not sure. Yeah. It's a, it's a little bit different, man. It's, I mean, the, the concept is like, yeah, I get it. Like if Connor McDavid had rockets attached to his skates, I'd watch that every week too. But like, <laughs> yeah, yep. But he doesn't. So I understand there's definitely a difference and I know it's soccer with cars, but it's more like hockey. So trying to explain that and get, like that, get that going is, uh, is kind of the first initial task. We're talking to Adam Lawler Thornton here on the game show on Sportsnet 650, host of Sportsnet's Ranking Up. Obviously, you know, with a monthly format, it's not going to be a news show. What are, you know, what are some of these segments that you're going to, that you guys are going to be building? Yeah, there's a lot of things like future plans that I want Mm -hmm. to, uh, that I really want to get into, like bringing in like athletes and stuff like that, or shooting content pieces like stock and leaf and be like, what's the daily life of a commentator, you know, kind of stuff (laughs) like really funny segments that when we have a budget, we can get into stuff like that. That's just like, I can't wait to watch this. Um, but like there's other ones, like one of the dedicated ones is a mailbag. I, I'm a firm believer that uh, community is important, that interaction is 100%. So like every single month when we do this, no matter what, people have the ability to submit clips, questions, concerns, 
anything that they think needs more attention brought to it. Like there's uh, someone submitted, uh, there's this like college that is building a real life Rocket League car. Like they're rebuilding an Octane. And it's like a Will sick it? project where like these guys are, we have roll cages built and stuff like that. And like, it's going to be a drivable vehicle that's an Octane. And it's like stuff like that that just doesn't get any attention. That's so cool that you're seeing this community develop. Mm -hmm. and uh, stuff that needs attention so people are able to submit clips and stuff like that and like answer questions and i mean you you've got to know me over the years like i'm i'm candid i'm blunt yeah i don't hold back so like one of the first questions is like yo sports is an esport. like what the heck is this and i like totally go in on this guy and be like no one <laughs> said it is no one cares about this conversation except for you like and just really really big things like that i've got a lot of rant pieces built up kind of like a grind my gears kind of situation Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of a lot of really bold, big claims that will catch attention, whether you agree with it or not. So um, a lot of the fun stuff can't come until we get a budget and in-studio stuff. But uh, yeah, just taking a different approach of esports other than like, hey, this is what happened. This is the stuff that happened. OK, bye. Like, it, right. like that's just not I'm not going to have fun with that. And neither is anybody else. The uh, the first thing I thought when I saw your like initial kind of the tease, the April, the April fool's video. <laughs> um, and then kind of the follow-up stuff. The first thing I thought, cause I ran into this, I've obviously have pitched a show, uh, esports show to Sportsnet as well. Uh, and it, it struck me as, as strange, not bad, obviously, cause I'm, I'm a huge rocket league fan, but it struck me as strange that they were going with a, a rocket league show before they went with a more general esports show. Was there every year ever, discussion of broadening your focus at all coming from the Sportsnet side? No, because I think you and I both can agree as Rocket League fans that if there's any game that's going to bridge the gap between traditional and non-traditional, it is Rocket League. Yeah, for it's accessible, sure. Accessible, it's user-friendly, it's super easy to understand, there's no violence, like, it checks all the boxes, not only for sponsors and endemic and non-endemic, like, it makes it so simple to where I can sit down with my grandma and by the end of it, she understands that these are the teams that I need to care about. And this team's really good. And she's not even thinking about the rules. She's not thinking about like what champion ability, what's this and that, what are all these flashes and this and that. Like, yeah, the high level mechanics. Like if I'm, if I'm like, holy cow, that was a good shot. She'll be like, why? And I'll be like, oh, these things, these small nuances. And she's like, okay, mm -hmm. that's cool. And then that's it. But doesn't have to question me about like, well, how many, what's the time? How many quarter? Like the only time she questioned about a rule was like, why is why is the game still going? And it's because the ball hadn't hit the ground yet. Right. But like those things are so easy to pick up on. So initially, no, there was no hesitation of like, yes, Rocket League is a thing. Rocket League is always done very well on TV as like a general audience kind of thing because it is super accessible. You talk about something like Counter-Strike where there's terrorists and counter-terrorists and bombs and stuff like that. Well, can't do that. Shooting and killing. There's violence. MOBAs are way too difficult to understand. Like, there's so many things that go against other games that Rocket League doesn't have in its way to where if we can do it with Rocket League and then expand after that, because I think that's the end goal, is we'll start with Rocket League, show that it can live on this platform, and then get into an over-expanding... Let's talk about esports in general and multiple ones. Um, I think Rocket League is the one to, you know, the hook and line and sinker kind of situation, and then let's expand. It's the uh, it's the gateway esport. We're talking to Adam Thornton, aka aka Lawler, here on the game show on Sportsnet 650. Yeah, you know the comparison I always make. I don't know if I've ever said this to you before, but like you can look at you know that perfect half volley, like corner front corner of your hitbox, 
you know, three quarter, whatever, whatever, uh, like diagonal, diagonal front flip shot, that perfect shot that you, you mm-hmm. fantasize about as a rocket league player. You can look at that as somebody who's never played the game before and be like, great shot. He really hit that hard. Mm-hmm. And you'll, you'll appreciate that. But if you play the game, you just get like that deeper understanding of how satisfying that shot must've been a hit for that player. And also that it's a nice shot. Um, but either way, either way it works. Just watching it happen. I want to backtrack. Cause I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I'd be very unhappy with myself if I let you drop this in just in passing and then didn't circle back to it. Somebody's building mm-hmm. a rocket league car in real life. Can it fly? Can it jump? Can it flip? Or is it just an octane car? I think it's just an octane car. If it can fly and flip, dude, like sign me up. I'll buy one right now. But yeah, there's like a, like an engineering student and stuff that reached out to me about, I think it's called like project octane or something like that. And they're like doing crowdfunding and all that kind of stuff. But it's, um, it's literally a group of engineering students that are building a car and it's so cool. I'd, I'd have to look it up and try to find it for you, but they're working very, very tirelessly on it. And I don't think it'll fly. Cause if they have, a, if they've built a flying car at a college, like we, good it's luck over. to them in the future. Yeah. yeah like <laughs> sweet, you know, we're finally in the future, but, but yeah, it's uh, there's some pretty cool stuff that they're working on that. It's just like, there's little things like that that just don't get the attention. You know, it's not, you know, this really cool ceiling shot flip reset musty flick thing, you know, that blow blows up on the subreddit, you know, it's mm-hmm. just those small nuance things like really cool art and, and things that just the creative mindset just don't get that attention. And then you also have people that just want their voices heard, you know, like it may be a question I've answered a thousand times, but it's got to feel really good when you submit a question. And I'm like, that's a good conversation piece. Let me talk about that and give it, you know, the time of day on national television. Those types mm-hmm. of things are going to hopefully make people more and more excited to get involved with the chance. Cause I mean, when I was a kid too, same thing. Like if I'm watching my favorite sports team play or something like that, and I get to submit a tweet and they read it on TV, like that's like, Oh cool. It's like me being on the jumbotron kind of situation. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's like that involvement and stuff is always going to be cool. I've always been a big fan of, you know, trying to involve the community in anything I do like that. And uh, it's just kind of the next step. You, I mean, good transition, per- per- perfect professional transition. Uh, I was going to ask you about this community engagement thing, which has kind of always been a part of your personal brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it's clearly going to be a part of this show. Uh, you've, you've answered the how in terms of the mailbag, why, but I want to know why. Why is that, you know, why is that particularly important to you? Because you, you could essentially run your YouTube channel with, very, with minimal community <laughs> engagement. <laughs> I could, I could, and sometimes it'd probably be easier, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, I come, I come from a small town, middle of nowhere, you know, even though we've got a, a massive football team, there's not a whole lot going on here other than like dairy products. And I am a f- under a firm understanding that, especially for like social media and, you know, live streaming and YouTube and stuff. If people don't enjoy and watch my content, like I can't do what I love. You know, like without community support and community focus, I'm literally nothing. I don't have a platform. I don't have a fan base. I don't have, you know, whatever it is like without my fans, I'm, I'm literally nothing. I'm just another dude yelling at a camera. So that has always kind of been the focus of like, what can I do to give back? You know, I do motivational speeches at local high schools. I try to help and do as many interviews as I can. I try to, it's just, it's more of that thing of I'm essentially living the dream. I get to talk about video games for a living. And part of the reason why that is, is because people, for whatever reason, 
like to listen to the content that I decide to put out. And if the the smallest thing I can do is also try to give those people a voice as well. Because at the end of the day, like what allows Rocket League to be as big as it is, is the community. People going out of their way to watch and consume content that has to do with the game. Whether it be the esport, whether it be pro players content, whether it be whatever it is, without people actively wanting to watch it, I don't have a job. I don't have a platform to talk on. I don't have like without them, I'm literally nothing. And it sounds super cheesy, but it, it's true. Like it's the same thing as any other sport. Sports don't exist and make money unless people watch it and find it entertaining. Yeah. I mean, in this is one of the things why I think you've had such an interesting like post like broadcast transition in just into full into full kind of full-time content creation where we've, we've seen other, other casters come and go from the RLCS and not, and not kind of stay what I would call a community figure, I guess in, in rocket league, sure, you know, sure. Car- Car- carpet was there from day one and then moved on to another video game. And you, you kind of don't see the guy in rocket league content ever at this point. And I really miss him. Um, and for, I mean, if for whatever reason, sometimes Axeltoss falls into that as well. Like he, he finds work in other games a lot. And you've been the one guy who's transitioned that via, via this YouTube channel. How was that the plan or is that, did you just like, I mean, yeah, I know you had the channel going before, before uh, leaving the RLCS broadcast, but was that kind of always in the, in your back pocket? Hey, when, whenever this is over, I'm going to go, go real hard on the content creation. Um, no, it was, um, so for Findable Carpet, Findable Carpet, when he left RLCS, he, he basically had two things in mind. He either wanted to host the show or he wanted to do something behind the scenes. Um, mm. Findable Carpet has his degree as an engineer and stuff, and I think it's mechanical engineer, and wanted to utilize that in some capacity. So he works for the production company at NGE, and obviously he was very blessed and is very talented as broadcast talent where he could still be crushing it as a freelancer if he wanted to. Definitely. But... But he got a chance to do multiple things. He got a chance to host. He got a chance to cast. He got a chance to do analyst work. He, you know, he got a multitude of all of it. And because of that and having that exposure, he found out that like maybe it wasn't for him. Maybe there was something other passion wise that he wanted to follow. And in this case, now he's building like LED boards and stuff for like Fortnite events and doing like he's doing a bunch of really cool stuff behind that the scenes that like, <laughs> like he's really happy with. And it's like, dude, that's awesome. And yes, you could be killing it as a broadcast talent. But his passions were elsewhere, and he's just super happy. And I'm like, hell yeah, Carpet. That's what we love to see. As for Axtos, I don't know what his decision was or why he did. I don't think we, he and I have ever really talked about it in detail just because we're usually like barely meeting up at each other at a convention and hanging out and doing whatever. So like, why dwell on that stuff when we can have fun with the moment that we have? Um, but yeah, I don't know why uh, I don't know why Axtos ever did what he did or why he did or why he kind of took a step back. I don't know if it was just for his own personal or what the reasoning is. Maybe I should have him on and talk to him about it. I think that'd be a good conversation. But uh, oh, I have, I have. Well, there you go. But yeah. the, um, yeah, for me, it was more of a, I never want to go back to a nine to five again. <laughs> I hated my mm-hmm. old job. So I'm like, what do I want to do to make sure that never happens? And that's honestly the real motivator is making sure I never go back to a nine to five. I, I no thanks. So it was more of like, hey, there's a couple things I could try and I could attempt. And I tried a bunch of different things at one time. And the YouTube one was the one that really started to pick up the quickest. So I committed to it. That's smart. Yeah, give yourself some options. Throw yourself down the one that looks the best. You said you're taping at home right now. 
I have to, mm-hmm. I have to ask, cause I know you and Leaf are good friends and Sportsnet is in Canada and Sportsnet is close to Leaf. Yeah. In, in, in a post COVID world, is there maybe a move to Canada in your future? Um, you know, I guess that depends on how well the show goes, right? I mean, this is actually a fun fact, big brain. This is the long con. I'm just doing this so I can hang out with Leaf. That's all. Yeah. You're just trying to get to, where does he live? Kitchener? You're just trying to get to Kitchener, yeah, Ontario. He's, he's like Kitchener, Waterloo area. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a blessing in disguise for sure. Cause obviously Brody's mm-hmm. my boy, but yeah, the, um, I don't know if the show does super well and they're like, Hey, we need you to migrate and be here. Like. You know, if it's a if it's the next logical step in the career, like obviously I'll consider it. Like, why wouldn't I? You're listening to the game show presented by the Gaming Stadium. I'm your host Max Sussman. After the break, more with Adam Lawler Thornton here on Sportsnet 650. Stadium, Canada's first esports arena, and Canada's leader in online esports tournaments. The only place to play in local tournaments for whatever game you're great at. Online tournaments all week long with all your favorite games like Fortnite, Call of Duty, Valorant, TFT, Rocket League, and more. At Canada's leader in esports, visit thegamingstadium.com for more information. Welcome back to The Game Show with Max Sussman, brought to you by The Gaming Stadium, Canada's leader in esports. Welcome back to The Game Show, presented by The Gaming Stadium. I'm your host, Max Sussman. Let's hop right back into it with Lawler on Sportsnet 650. Let's talk some actual Rocket League. We, I wanted you to come on and talk about your show, but I also, for my own self, just wanted to talk about Rocket League with you because it's been like almost two <laughs> years. Um, and a lot of stuff has happened. Yeah, like Season X has been crazy. It's been a weird, new, strange experience. You had squads like Blokes and BDS kind of not come out of nowhere, but they they popped off to a higher degree than anybody really expected, especially BDS. We had what I think is an unprecedented talent boom over the last year or so in North America that's led to some really good depth at the top end of the North American table. That top six is really solid. Um, It's been a long time, so I guess the big question, like what was the biggest, what was your favorite thing from Season X? Like there's been just so many things that have happened since we last talked about Rocket League. The the biggest thing is the format, man. Uh, Season 10 or RLCSX, uh, introduced a circuit-based format, which is just something I've been wanting for this game for so long. An emphasis of an entire year of competition leading to one moment. I've always, as fun as it is with World Championships being twice a year like they were, and getting to, you know, go hang out with the community and, you know, celebrate, um, it kind of kind of diminished the meaning of a world champ, you know? You're a world champ for six months. Sick, you know? Like, it didn't really just have that gravity to it, which kind of sucked, so... Um, going to a circuit based system, you know, 22 events all leading up to one big event, you know, $4.5 million prize pool. I think Psyonix did a really good job. And by Psyonix, I mean Gibbs, because Gibbs is the one that does all the formats and stuff. Gibbs is a big brain. And, um, mm-hmm. 
jokes aside, obviously I love the RL esports team. They work really hard. But the the biggest thing is just that format. You know, it really solidifies and I think legitimizes Rocket League as an esport. I think that's how you take the next step. Probably the one after that will probably be franchising, I would assume. Because Rocket League, I think, is really well built for like a franchise league. So the the format itself is just so cool. And it sucks because it obviously got, you know, kind of pushed back due to the pandemic. But you're telling me that three regional events and a league play alongside it in the grid. Winners of that go to a major, an international major. So all teams from all over the world, three times a year get to play. And you're telling me like, yo, if you perform poorly at the major, you have a chance that like other teams from other regions are getting more points and putting you even further behind in your own region and stuff. And like people are battling and then we finally get down to the last one. And it's like, yo, not only do you have to play in this major for points to see if you get to go to the world championship from like maybe another team, like say you're fifth, sixth in the top six and you're number seven and you're trying to fight in five, six didn't qualify for the major and you did. You still got to beat those other teams in the international competition to get a chance to go to the world championship. And like all that intensity and all that, like this is all on the line. God, I, I live for that. Like you want to talk about really sick storylines? Circuit-based system could do some really cool stuff. And it's unfortunate that COVID obviously is happening and we didn't get to see those kind of develop. But man, if, if we had no restrictions, people able to do international competition and stuff, this season would have just been, after not having Dallas... Uh, chef's kiss, man. It would have been so cool. I mean, even without the without the live majors, which I mean, sucks obviously. But there's still, if, if they were had to have been able to pull off a land at the end of this current season, there are still enough storylines that have been generated. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So much play. You know what I mean? Like there's there's teams that have have changed rosters mid season and are 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 in majors and stuff like that. Or I think even. I think Solary made a change in this season, and they're in there. They've qualified in, in top six for EU. There's a there's there's already enough going on. It's a shame they couldn't pull one off this season. I think this is a good, the blessing in disguise here because I agree. Like this would have been amazing if not for COVID. Is that this is kind of a dry run of what in season eleven could be absolutely incredible. Yeah, hundred percent. I think I, there's a lot of tweaks that need to happen, right? Like I think mm-hmm. formats wise. I mean, we had three different formats over three splits and all that kind of stuff. And whether they're going to stick to that or if they're just trying to, like you said, dry run it and see like, hey, this is the format that people like the most. It, you know, makes the most sense. Like there's a lot of a lot of things that they can bring back to the drawing board and be like, OK, next season, this is what we're doing and like refine it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100 percent. I think it's kind of a blessing in disguise. But at the same time, like Rocket League was trending in such a good direction that it definitely feels like it kind of plateaued. And it's unfortunate because obviously you want to see this game be as successful as possible. But. Um. Yeah, man. It's. I mean, you gotta obviously take the good with the bad. I wonder if. I, I always wonder what would have. Yeah, because the trajectory in season nine for the for, for the esport was very interesting, and then it just kind of that season got ran into a brick wall. I always wonder what would have happened if that season could have continued with the way that Rocket League's biggest roster was playing in G two esports at the end of. I, I have the, the script. You want to It's right here. <laughs> yeah. Were they winning? Yeah, were they gonna? The, they were gonna lose in game seven to uh, Dignitas. G two and Vitality would have made it back. We would have had a rematch, and Vitality would have won. Again. Yeah, and yeah, Vitality would have like yeah found a way to bracket reset or something, and then wait. They, I yep. think they stopped doing bracket resets before that, but yeah, yep. always always bet on K Um What was your biggest surprise of the season? 
Probably BDS, man. Um, like you said, unprecedented season. A season. They are historically the best team to ever play the game. What they've done over the time frame has been more successful than any other team in Rocket League history. The reason why they don't get that credit is because they haven't done it in a live event. And we all know, like, unless you do it live in front of an audience and stuff, it doesn't really matter. And that sucks because I don't know if they're ever going to have a chance to recreate what they've done. Um, you look at, like, three or four teams come to name. You look at a team like Energy right now, who the worst they've performed this entire season, they've had five, five events where they weren't top four for this entire season. You're looking at BDS, who, I mean, you all know, they won pretty much everything. <laughs> like, they've been qualified for the World Championship if it would have happened for, like, four months now, before the split even happened. The spring split, the last one. Yeah, they and, like, qualified at the end of the second split. <laughs> yeah, you know, what? who knows what would happen with Vitality if they were, you know, more motivated. Like, you've got some teams that are just playing out of their mind, and this is under... Teams that used to play at most two series a weekend to now playing like 30 plus matches a weekend or 30 plus games a weekend. It's insane. Mm -hmm. Like there's so much Rocket League happening and it's creating that refinement. And you, you know, at the beginning talked about the depth being added. And it, yeah, it's because all these teams and teams that normally wouldn't get a chance to play against an RLCS top tier caliber team, you know, until once every like at best six months are now getting that on a weekly basis. So like all the strategies and all the metas are being shifted down even further. And it's like creating this domino effect and everybody's just leveling up. So you're seeing such good rocket league right now. That it's just, it's very good to be as a fan. Yeah. You're dealing with like kind of a mundane and regurgitation because of, I mean, what are they supposed to do other than regional events? But yeah, man, probably BDS dude, what they, what they've accomplished as a team that promoted and gone through and they just absolutely dominate a region. Do you discredit it because, you know, EU's lazy and, and they've got nothing to play for? Or do you credit BDS just because they're clapping kids? Like, what, you know, it doesn't matter to me. The fact that BDS is doing what they're doing is just special. That's the that's the constant question in sports and esports. You know, is this team playing bad or is this team making them play bad? Where do you, where do you draw that distinction? And I'm glad that BDS was your answer. We're talking to Adam Thornton, a.k.a. Lala, here on the game show in Sportsnet 650. Because my next question was, I was just going to ask you why they're so good. So let's hear. Give me your give me your give me your desk style analysis. Why is BDS so good? So I've been asked this question thousands of times. Obviously, yes, yeah. <laughs> that's what I do. I'm supposed to be the inside guy. I'm supposed to tell people what happens. So BDS is a unique circumstance, and it comes down to a couple points. The first point is the way they handle pressure, and this is what makes me really excited to watch them on land. Uh, if you watch them play. At any given moment, whether they're under pressure or siege-style offense, as Wave Punk likes to call it on defense, they don't fall to pressure. They don't double commit. Their rotations stay clean. They never feel panicky, ever. Anytime you watch them play on the field, there's never a moment where I watch their rotations or the way that they position, and I'm like, oh, man, they're really feeling it. Oh, they, they definitely feel like they're low on boost. You never get that feeling, ever. And there's that level of composure that always follows the team, which is really special. Because I don't know if you've ever been in a position where you've got X and X player that are some of the best in the world, and they keep denying your corner boost. So you have zero boost, multiple shots coming in, whether it be flip resets or ceiling shots or whatever it is. And you still just keep a clean rotation. Communication's fine. And yeah, we'll clear it out eventually. It's all good. That's point one. Their composure is mm -hmm. unbelievable. 
Number two, literally any player on that team can do whatever you want. Uh, primarily, I think it starts with Mark by eight. He is one of those players I'm very biased, and people know this, to support players. Guys that do the small nuances, the ones that really mediate the field. Mark yeah. by eight is one of the best players in the world, straight up. Um, you talk about players like him, Archie, Mist, um, Percy on Alpine doesn't get enough credit. Players that do a really good job of the second man role where your first player goes in, creates a challenge and, you know, creates an opportunity, whether it be with a pass or a shot or, you know, just a 50-50 challenge. That second player's job is to determine the best way to maintain possession and apply pressure. So Mark by it will be always in the right position. He'll always know when to or when not to challenge when to speed it up or when to slow it down, when to just pause in the corner or throw it. Like he does everything just so right. And his positioning is always so perfect that allows the other two to be successful. And it's just, it's just a, it's poetry in motion, man. We talk about Rocket League or soccer, I should say, or football, depending on where you're from, as the beautiful game. You know, watching a, a cross midfield, a pass inside, a, you know, a give and go, and then a shot up or nine. Rocket League encompasses that. And you can, you can physically see it developing from, from BDS. And then they still got crazy mechanics too, man. Monkey Moon, Mark by eight extra. It doesn't matter. Pick one. They're all incredibly talented on the sticks. So yeah, they're a combination of not only just composure and consistency, but also dummy good on the game, man. They're just everything you want a team. And apparently they get along great too. So the team chemistry is there too. And I always, you know, we talk a lot. We've talked a lot historically about French Rocket League, right? About, the French dominance in, in Europe, especially in the 2v2 scene, and that's always traditionally translated into 3v3. And I believe Extra and Monkey Moon are both French, yet yep. it feels like a Spanish team, if that makes sense to you. I feel like they take their cues from Mark Bay 8's play style and play closer to See, that's what's interesting, the way, right? They play closer to that Spanish style than they do to the French style to me. So, yeah, so for those that don't know, Spanish is full monkey. Just go. Challenge everything. Yeah. Attack. Never stop. Challenge everything. Very similar to when Vodafone Giants was very successful. Very attack-heavy team. Like, they would ego challenge in front of BDS's net and just not allow them to breathe. And it worked until BDS figured it out. Yeah. Um, I think there's some, some interesting things about the French mentality and why it is. I think a lot of players that are newer to the scene got to grow up, even though it's only been, you know, five, six years, watching KDOP just beat KDOP, right? He's been mm-hmm. dominant. He's been to every grand final, not just not just world championship, but grand final match to lift the trophies in season three. Guy's a freak, and it's very similar to how Counter Strike plays, where you see all these Polish teams and Danish teams and stuff like that just absolutely pop off. That creates a community or a group of people that, growing up, see how successful their area is, which makes them also want to go into it. And because that intrinsic mm-hmm. feeling is there at an early age you then keep pumping out people that are really good. And I think that same thing applies to the French region where players have gotten to see KDOP be really good. I'm also French. Let me keep doing that too. And it's, it's just built this rotation of really talented French players. Um, you, you talk about the, the play style of Spanish with Mark by eight and it kind of leads that. And I think it's just because of what Mark's role is on the team. Mark is, like I said, that facilitator. He's there to moderate the field. And because of him not being afraid to actually slow it down or take his time or whatever you still get the aggressive and the confidence of a spanish-based team but you still get the composure and the methodical side of of french paired with nasty mechanics it's again it's a perfect 
perfect culmination of a storm, man. They're really damn good. We have uh, we have about tw- we have about ten minutes left, so I want to go right to predictions. Uh, oh, yeah, because I, <laughs> I, I, I have I like uh, I like. Well, I mean, good luck with Europe. What's your Europe prediction for Worlds, Lawler? But for, for their, 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 yeah, exactly. Let's move on from that. <laughs> BDS, BDS, <laughs> <laughs> what I've no. been doing lately with with what I've had Brody on too is like, all right, do you think BDS will lose this time? No, let's move on to our NA discussion then. Smart choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think we're we're in the same in the same mindset there. Uh, then I'll ask my Europe question like this: Who do you think could pull off an upset over BDS in this tournament? I think Vitaly's got a pretty good shout. I know a lot of people have been sleeping on him, and obviously it's just, for people like KDOP and stuff, they've definitely been underperforming, and I think it's just the lack of motivation. When you're so used to going to a world championship, playing for international competition, money is no longer really the focus. You know, it's that it's that feeling of why you're a competitor, and when you lose that feeling, you see people usually retire. And I mm-hmm. hope that's not the case for Vitality, but you've got a, a bunch of veterans on that team that are very talented, and not being able to play for what you really play for um, hurts vitality. But this is the biggest competition of the year, and maybe that'll wake them up a bit. Because uh, at the end of the day, you can't count out, can't count out vitality. You just can't. Um, Guild has been playing very, very well lately. Yeah. yeah. Guild's been playing very well lately. They're going up against top blokes in one of the first matches. So whoever comes out of that may be hit or miss. I don't think top looks will do it. They've been looking kind of rough lately. So guild right now is pushing into top three, possibly even top two in the region. And then you got to watch out for that Spanish bim bam team queso as well. So my top three are obviously BDS one guild two, queso three. And it really varies on what kind of version of queso we get. The like apex queso can beat anybody and have, I think yeah. they, oh, they yeah. have a win over BDS this season. That's like peak Spanish Rocket League, like ultimate just chaos. Oh yeah, like, there's literally you nothing you can, you can do. handle it. <laughs> it's, just, it's it's controlled chaos, but at the same time, get rid of the controlled part because it just looks like a slop fest. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. these guys are literally just smothering cheese on everything, man. It's it's wild. That's yeah, that's where the, I think that's got to be where the name comes from. If Vitality, <laughs> yeah, sure. if, if Vitality, I mean, they're I think are the, inarguably the number two team in Europe, regardless of recent results, but they haven't had amazing recent results. Do you think if they finish outside of that top two again, do you think they make a roster move? No, not at all. I think Vitality's fine. I talked about the motivation thing and like what they're playing for. I think at the end of the day, these guys are ready for the season to be over and they want to go to a live event and that can't happen until time passes. So I think they're fine. I really do. That team to me is I, still a top three team in the region. If any, if any saving grace for them, um, like Fairy Peak, obviously a, a notable money match monster. Kadop has said many times that he loves nothing more than winning huge prize pools. Oh, so 100%, man. I, I know he's a competitive guy, but he's also about his cheddar. Uh, I, I think they get up for this tournament. I think that'll be the finals. I think it'll be BDS. I, sh- I, I sure think. hope so, man. I really do. I There's been be- so many people putting disrespect on Kadop's name. He's washed, cut yeah. him, and stuff like that. I really want Kadop and the rest of those boys to show up and just slap BDS. I really do. Just to shut some if, people up. I- yeah, if you know what it feels like with especially the talk around KDOP, it feels like two years ago with Rizzo, like oh they should cut Rizzo, they should cut Rizzo, and then no, he just comes back into form and has a great season nine and stays pretty relevant for another two seasons. Um, despite wanting to retire, yeah, despite wanting to retire, that like, he's 
these guys are good. You know what I mean? Um, let's move over to let's move over to NA. Who do you you know? This is a much more contested region, so I'll just ask who you got winning the region. Probably energy. Um, they're I, in a weird situation, obviously, um, without a coach in their semifinal match. Uh, <laughs> they will play either Space Station, Rogue, G two, or Phase, based upon how the bracket goes. Um, I'm curious to see how G2 plays now that Drees is ob- like, this is a big pressure moment for Drees, right? Like mm-hmm. not only is it his first, you know, big event, but at the same time, like he's fighting for his, for a contract, you know, he's not officially part of the, the roster technically like, yeah, he's the sub and he's filling in, but G2 has already said publicly, like when off season hits, they're going to try out international competition. They're going to, you know, they're still going to hold trials and stuff. But if Drees comes in, slaps some people around, and they win the grand finals of the biggest event of the year, that's a big deal. So a lot of pressure on Drees. Excited to see that. Face Clan, I don't think, has a chance. They're good, but they've never shown they can consistently beat top four teams. Um, they're they're a very solid 5-6, without a doubt. And they've shown that they have potential, but they've never been able to consistently beat the top dogs. Um, Space Station's hours are really, really low. Um, same with Envy. Mist was just on vacation, so they haven't even been playing an IWO yet. Um, normally I'm pretty keen envy energy, but, um, I know Turin Turo has been popping boys been playing a ton. So maybe rogue pops off. I wouldn't be surprised if we see energy rogue in the grand finals. I think it's tough to pick against energy this season. They've been so consistently good as consistent as you can be in a North American region with this much mm-hmm. talent in it right now. You know, they, we, this is something leaf always talks about. Their base level is just so much higher than every other team's base level, like a bad, a, bad, a mediocre NRG day is, is better than a lot of teams' best days or is good enough to beat a lot of teams on their best day. Um, and I don't know, like, you know, they're missing their coach, sure. And Sizz is, I'm sure, a very good coach. They also still have, I would argue, the smartest player in North American Rocket League in Garrett G anchoring this team. How much do you think that'll actually affect them? I think they'll be okay. Um, the nice thing about having a coach is more so giving that outside perspective. The mm-hmm. players know what to do. The players without a doubt know what to do. It's just when you, when you're in a high pressure situation like that, making sure not to tunnel vision, making sure to understand the big picture, making sure to have a different set of eyes that is not in the game. Cause when you're playing that fast, it's hard to take yourself and take a step back and mm-hmm. having a coach to pull you out of that and be like, Hey man, like I know, you know, but these things are happening. Keep those in mind and just kind of pull you out of the moment. Right. And that's really where Sizz comes in handy, you know, especially for a player like Justin, where mentality is a big thing. Sizz is there to motivate, hype up, get him in the get him in the mood. You know, even if he's eating chicken nuggies on stream while he's popping off mid mid game. I don't know if you saw that. Like Justin's but, literally yeah. rotating back to net and he's eating food. Like, you know, like there's there's certain things that yeah, I think energy. Like I said, out of the twenty two, technically twenty one events, this will be the twenty second. Out of twenty one events. The worst they've done is like 12 to 16 and like five to eight, like four or five times. That's mm-hmm. it. So like out of 17, 16 different events, top four or better. And a lot of those are first place. We'll, uh, we'll see how it plays out. I'm excited though. It should be a lot. It's a lot of Rocket League next week, but... Yeah, I'm um, really, I'm really excited for it because I mean, you talk about formatic changes. This is the biggest formatic change. Is the best of sets to you know, at in the in the biggest tournament. Before we hop out of here, though, Lawler, plug your show. I know you can't tell us when it's going to be, but you know, let the people know where they can engage with you on on Twitter, Switch, so, uh, you know, YouTube, anywhere. 
where they can like submit their user questions, community type content for the show. Yeah, the uh, show is called Ranking Up on Sportsnet. It'll eventually be Rocket League and then hopefully turn into esports related. Uh, the best thing is, like I said, even though it is a TV show on Sportsnet, you can also check it out on YouTube. If you go to Sportsnet's YouTube channel, it'll all be posted on there when it does drop. Uh, if you want to know specific updates and stuff like that, you can hit me up on Twitter at Lawler TV, or if you search Lawler Rocket League on Google, you'll find me everywhere, which makes it really easy. Uh, but yeah, tweet at us, hashtag RL on SN. We check it regularly. We pull those questions, those clips, those anything. So if you're a Rocket League fan or you want to know more about Rocket League and aren't a fan yet, tweet at us, use hashtag RL on SN, and uh, we'll definitely read and uh, try to get you in. And if you're, you know, if you're listening to my show on the actual radio, that means you're in Canada, which means you can catch it on cable when it does actually air on Sportsnet. Uh, Adam Lawler Thornton, thank you so much for joining me here again on the game show. Okay, man. It's always a good time. Glad we got to sit down and chat for a little bit, whether it be about fun new projects or, you know, Rocket League. So always a pleasure, man. Next time we'll talk about the Packers when once this Aaron Rodgers situation <laughs> squared away. No, don't even get me started, man. <laughs>that's it for this week's episode thanks to lawler for joining me again it's been a long time lovely to talk to him again thanks to jay for recording the show thanks to uh to connor for organizing all that as well for me thanks to the gaming stadium for sponsoring the show as always head to the gamingstadium.com for all the events information probably job opportunities whatever you want it's all there i'm your host max sussman you can find me on twitter at truly it be max and on twitch at twitch.tv slash max thank you for listening and until next time whatever you do don't tell me.